Do send in questions for our guests now. It is the um, veterinarian and also lecturer in uh, veterinary animal welfare uh, at Mass University. She's back with us is Dr. Cat Littlewood. You can email questions nz.co.nz or text them to 2101. What should mums to be avoid during or avoid doing with pets while expecting? And how do you prepare to bring a new baby home to a household with pets? Dr. Cat Littlewood is back with us. Thanks as always for your time. Morning, Cat. Morena, good to be here. So the human in the family is expecting, um, and I guess there's some obvious questions straight off the bat. We know that um, the, that some pets, anyway, tend to be carriers of certain diseases. And is that one of the things you have to think about with the possibility that you, uh, well, when you are expecting cat, what sort of things do you need to think about? Yeah, so that is a really common question that we get as veterinarians is, you know, what do I do with my animals? And because we have heard that, you know, they can pass some things on to us and they can pass some things on to our unborn babies. But um, there's no reason to get rid of your cat. So I just want to make sure that's really clear. There are lots of things that we can do to manage um, some of these risks. And mostly it is in cats. So cats um, potentially carry what we call toxoplasmosis which is an infection that we're, it's the infection that we're most concerned about for pregnant people. Uh, So there are lots of things that we can do to try and um, stop getting, contracting this. Um, And I say we, because I'm actually currently pregnant right now. (laughs) Uh, So this is a very topical conversation for me. Uh, But just getting someone else to clean the litter box um, and cleaning it quite often, which is a good excuse to get out of doing some things around the house. I hope there's plenty of um, other housework that others are picking up right now. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just like, oh, how can we make life easier for ourselves? <laughs> um, so just getting someone else to clean the litter box, or if you have to do it yourself, um, just wearing gloves and washing your hands afterwards. Because this um, this disease that cats can carry is, is often shed in their feces. So we just want to be really careful around cat poop. Um, and obviously, because we have indoor-outdoor cats in New Zealand, we want to be careful about handling soil. And, and if we've got sand pits, for example, in our backyard, we want to be careful that those are covered up. Um, and if we do ha- handle the sand, we want to wash our hands really carefully afterwards. I was going to ask about gardening, because so, it is a real issue. Not only uh, do cats regrettably decide that other people's gardens are a great dirt box, but they're very good at burying the evidence as well, right? So They are. They are. Yeah, so just, yeah, being really careful about our gardening, making sure if we, you know, wearing gloves while we're gardening, um, washing our hands. If gardening isn't your thing and you can get out of doing it, I'm I'm not a keen gardener myself, so my husband's been doing all the gardening recently, which is quite good. Um, but, you know, if, that, if you love your gardening, you can still do it. You just need to be really careful and wash your hands. Licking. Um, no Some cats are great lickers and suckers, um, especially, yeah. uh, especially, I can't believe I just said that on the radio, but especially <laughs> sometimes, um, I, I know this from past experience, sometimes cats that, that, was, that, that, that were weaned quite young from their mums um, get a great sort of comfort out of, um, you know, suckling. Um, and you, do you need to be rather careful of saliva at this time as well if you've got a very, uh, uh, you know, um, a very affectionate, licky or suckling cat? 
No, so we don't. We're not worried about cat saliva so much. It really is just their feces that we that that has the eggs for this parasite in it. Um, cats lick themselves as well. So if you were trying to avoid cat saliva, you wouldn't actually be able to pet your cat <laughs> um, at all. So <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it's saliva is not something that we're worried about in cats. Um, obviously, still wash your hands before you're going to eat, or if you're going to put your hand in your face. Um, just to be on the safe side, but it really is more about the poop that we're concerned about. It's interesting because there's a question here in this case pertaining to dogs. When I see people with dogs who let them lick a baby's face and mouth, surely this is unhygienic, if not more. Um, What is the situation there? Again, we know dogs lick themselves fairly freely as well. Um, and, and should there ever be concern about uh, interaction with with saliva when animals do what animals do? Um, I mean, it depends on the, the dental hygiene as well for the animals. Um, so we want to think about, you know, when was the last time the animal had a dental? Are their mouths clean? Um, so that could be a thing to think about. But also we know that um, there's some really cool research that shows that kids that have grown up with, with pets and with um, animals in their life actually have healthier immune systems. Um, so you've got to think, you know, there's some kind of development of immunity there and they're less likely to get sick um, because they've had animals around them. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that licking faces is a good thing, um, but, yeah. It's, it's a little bit like, we you know, um, polishing surfaces within an inch of their lives and, and being concerned when children pick yeah. things up and suck on them, which they will yeah. do. Um, that's part of building an immune system. So there's no specific concern um, around that um, at this yeah, time. Yeah, I think I think waiting till you know babies have got a bit older and have developed more of their immune system is probably a good idea. Um, so we probably don't want to have young babies having their faces licked. Um, you know, get get some immunity developed before that point. But um, definitely young children. Um, you know, that, like you said, they're picking things up off the floor all the time and eating strange things. So um, yeah. Is there anything else during pregnancy that you would be wary of with respect to a cat or another animal species? Um, I it is mostly about cat poo, but also I guess like you know as you get larger towards pregnancy, just being really careful about um young animals that are running around and that might trip you up. Um, so just yeah having an awareness of where the animals are they obviously don't mean to they might not mean to trip you up but um you know your balance is a little bit off as things as your center of gravity changes um yeah let's talk about the behavioral stuff which i'm sure is a biggie you often have to prepare a sibling for the potential arrival of a new attention taking infant in a house and um, (laughs) can you prepare your animals for the same shock yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, animals, a lot of our animals are part of our family. They're our, our fur babies. And particularly if it's a first uh, first baby, this is probably going to come as quite a shock to the animals to, to change from being the baby, the only baby to... Um, now at one of the other one of the other babies um but we can prepare them when we can get them used to you know the sights and the sounds that might be happening babies typically are quite loud <laughs> um and it can be quite a, a stressful situation for animals who who haven't been prepared for that so there are actually some really cool um 
books that you can get and that have CDs that play sounds of babies um, to get animals used to it. I, we definitely recommend starting off at quite a low volume. Um, for everybody in the house. <laughs> yeah, for everybody, really. Um, get, and it, it's similar to animals that have fears of, of thunderstorms and other loud sounds. We can start playing the sound quite softly, make sure they're really calm and happy, um, maybe feed some treats, make sure they're just enjoying it, and then slowly increase that sound. But not just sound, also smells. So we might want to start getting our baby stuff out early, letting the anim animals have a good sniff, have a good look at what's happening. Um, and cats, we definitely want to prepare them for the fact that they might not be that they won't be able to sleep in the bassinet um, or, or wherever the baby is going to be sleeping. So we we typically don't want to have cats sleeping in those areas. But if we have them out beforehand, we can kind of teach our cats that in it in in the bassinet is a no, but around it is okay. And maybe we put like a little cat bed nearby so that they can they can learn, you know, you can't ever go in here. We might put a cover over it, um, but it's okay to be around this. Is there a bit of aversion therapy you can use if they are getting in the bassinet? Um, we don't typically find aversive, aversive training is that helpful for learning. So the old pop um, the balloon just, or something like that. Yeah. Not, not, favorite, yeah, not a favourite of that? It just, it just ends up making the cat scared of you rather than scared of the thing. Like that's not, they can't necessarily learn what it is you want them to be afraid of. We find that it's not that successful. But if instead we can teach them where it's okay to be. Um, so instead of saying, no, you can't be in here, we can teach them it's okay for you to be here, though. So we, like I said, you might set up a cat bed or something nearby because you're going to be probably spending a lot of time there. The cat probably wants to be near you and near the warmth and near what's happening. Um, so maybe we can give them a little space that's nearby but not um, in the bassinet itself. They do always seem to go though, where you don't want them to go, including your bed. But like if we if we take it away from the current example and, and you've got a dog that wants to sleep at the bottom of the bed uh, or actually in the middle of the bed between you sometimes, um, how, do, how do you train an animal out of being in a space where you don't want it to be? It's about making something more appetising, something that's better than that. So, you know, if you don't want them to be in that space, you need to train them that there's somewhere else that's better or more appealing. So a comfier place. Um, and sometimes what we have to do is just exclude them from the area for some time until they learn that that's not where they're allowed to go. So you might have to just close the bedroom door and they're not allowed to sleep in the bedroom at all um, unless they're sleeping, you know, right. on a dog so you, bed you, or something. You, 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 you sort of go to the nuclear option, which is you're not allowed here in here at all, but then you come back to something they understand they are allowed to do. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just, you know, that's a no, but this is a This is a this yes. Is a yes. Yeah. Um, and again, that's something you could do in the context you're talking about if you were preparing in advance of a baby's arrival. Yeah. Are, are, yeah. are animals typically jealous? We, we of course, anthropomorphise so much. Um, and once upon a time, we didn't anthropomorphise enough, actually. But, but can they be jealous in the sense that a sibling might be jealous at first um, I'm not sure if we would call it jealousy. Like it's really hard to com like to know what that experience is that the animal's having. Um, but they can definitely feel like they're not getting as much affection or love from us, um, and so that could 
that could be jealousy that they're experiencing. We just don't have that. So whatever it is in, in the animal's world, what's a way of managing that sense of I used to have all this attention or I used to be able to do this and now the rules have changed? Do they just, again, yeah. they just learn, they just adapt? Yeah, or we can start to, as we you know get towards the end of pregnancy, um, pull back a little bit on the attention that we're giving them so that, that they are learning that they're probably going to get less of it. Um, I'm not saying you can start ignoring your dog or anything, but you can start to pull back and, and give a little bit less affection or have certain times that you give affection um, and, and, and carry that through um, with the newborn baby as well. So, um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I can't interact now, but, you know, I can interact at this point. Um, and there probably is going to be a, a, a stage where they are finding it difficult, and that's the same with siblings as well. That disturbance that you're talking about, um, I mean, sleep disturbance, cats in particular, are up often during the night anyway. Um, but are there other routine disturbances? Or again, are most animals pretty adaptable to whatever's going on in the moment? Your routine certainly um, about to be upset, but, <laughs> but what about this? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they probably are going to find it difficult, you know, if, if you walk them at certain times of day and, and you know, in the first few weeks of a newborn baby, you just, you don't feel like doing too much and taking your dog out for a walk. So that's going to be quite tricky for them because they're going to use, get, be used to having those that routine. Um, but most animals are reasonably adaptable. Um, but again, there are things that we can do to help prepare them for that. Um, so might, we might want to start, you know, weaning down those walks or... Um, yeah, just just getting them used to the fact of what's coming. Life's about to change, and, and we don't. Yeah, we don't always know how they're going to react as well. Every animal is individual, and we have to remember mm. that. I mean, um, one, one thing you know, that occurs some... to me that we've been talking about what we presume to be jealousy, but many I mean, maybe the reverse. It may be an affection and in, in an appropriate as again yeah. for a sibling, just managing an appropriate show of affection for a, for a newborn. Exactly, yeah. So then we get into the other thing, which is, you know, we we definitely want to make sure that the animal's not, um, that that we're managing those interactions that the animal has with, with, the, with the children and with the newborn baby, because obviously babies um, don't know how to interact with dogs and, and cats. They don't know not to pull fur and to pull whiskers and um, whack on the head um, when they get a little bit more strength. Um, so we need to make sure that we are there to help with those interactions. One emailer adamant that cats should not be in the same room as a sleeping baby. There is just too much risk. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's sometimes if we can't get our cats to stop sleeping in bassinets, then, yep, a closed door is often the, yeah. the only solution. Yeah. On another topic, someone says, I'm thinking of getting a rescue kitten or two, but thinking of indoor-only cats. Does this damage a cat's psyche? People say it's cruel to keep them indoors, but it's safer for birds. Yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the age-old question. Um, so, yeah. It, does, it matter that, does, it, does it matter that they're rescue kittens? If you were going to have an indoor cat, would you be better to start with um um with with a, with a cat's fresh from the litter or does that make no difference it is probably easier for kittens to adapt to being indoors because if they haven't experienced outdoors, they're less likely to find it challenging to suddenly be indoor only. Um, but just talking about kittens in particular and just um you know coming back to our pregnancy discussion um the 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 thing that's in the cat poop is more likely to be in kittens. Um, because they'll be more likely to shed 
this toxoplasmosis um these eggs because they haven't had the infection before. So if you are thinking about getting a kitten and you're um, pregnant, I would wait till after pregnancy yeah. because you're more likely to get those eggs and kittens um, just as a side point there. But yeah, um, the indoor outdoor cat question is a, a very controversial question in New Zealand because we are used to having our, in, our cats go indoor and outdoor. Um, and with our lifestyle as well, we like to have our open houses and things open. Um, so it can be quite challenging to keep cats indoors, um, indoor only with our lifestyles. But we are seeing more of a move towards that um, in New Zealand, of people keeping their cats indoor only. Um, and there are ways that we can provide for them and, and, and entertain them. It just is a little bit trickier and it makes us think differently about what cats are. Typically, we think of cats as being the easy pet because they could just go outside and wander and entertain themselves. But if we're going to keep them inside only, we have to really think about what we're going to do for them and how we're going to play with them and how we can interact with them more um, because they don't have that ability to go outside. So it's definitely doable, but we just have to rethink a little bit. Thank you, Kat, and um, all the best. Um, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Kat Littlewood, veterinary specialist, Mass University lecturer in animal welfare.